Welcome to Axios Church Online. We're so excited you had joined us here on our online campus. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy this message. God is good. Oh, you guys are churchy today. You're churchy today. Man, man, listen, thank you all uh, for all the prayers and all that stuff. I kind of had a little hiccup. Uh, I realized real fast I'm not 20s anymore. All right, anybody been there before? Um, last week, I kind of had a little injury. Um, thank you to the, our staff, Axios Church staff, Pastor Ryan, who's putting all this together, um, Pastor Hannah, all the staff. Um, I called them literally um, probably 30 minutes before church started and said, I'm not going to go. <laughs> and uh, on my way to the emergency room, said so they had to adjust and, and, did, and you know, really adjust to what's going on. So give it up for the staff here at Axios Church. You wouldn't have church if it wasn't these people, all right? Um, I, got, I hurt my back last week. Um, your pastor, um, he did too much. He did too much. And um, so I had a, a come-to-Jesus meeting with my wife, with my mother, with my chiropractor, and with the Lord, okay? And they said, it's okay to rest. Literally, they said this. You need to practice what you preach. I said, I'm the pastor here, all right? Um, but, um, you know, I'm good. I'm, I'm walking. Get a little spasm. So if I spasm a little bit, it, just pretend that's the Holy Spirit, okay? And let's, let's just go with it, okay? But uh, we, we, we were supposed to start a series, but we kind of went into the series last week is this is who we are. Um, we had shirts on a couple weeks ago. It says this is who we are and had our core values in the back. Those, those shirts will be for sale if you guys want some. If you can go to the This Is Home corner, um, get a shirt. Um, like I said, all the, all the merch that we get here $5 of every merch purchase goes to missions. So let's make sure that not, as we are representing our church out there, we're also helping people in um, other, uh, other countries and different areas. So go get some merch. If you got the brown shirt, we are going to get the brown shirt to you. Our manufacturer has been uh, kind of a little slow on some things, but we'll get that to you. But those black shirts are on sale after. This is, uh, this is who we are. And we start a series on this is who we are because we want to express to you um, w what we do, we just don't come here on a, on a Sunday and just appear. God has given us a mission and some values that, God, that, that first started with Jess and I as, we, um, as the thought of Axios Church came about um, at the end of 2019 into 2020. And we were like, we don't want to do this as everyone else is doing. I mean, you come to church, you have worship and everything, but we believe that God is doing a new thing. And he wants to use our church to, to, to do that. And um, so he gave us these missions and this mission and these core values as we, as we move forward in this. So uh, a lot of you have, have just started with us at, uh, here at Axios. Some, some of you have been here um, a, a couple years. So our church, at, at the end of October, we're going to be celebrating three years. Three years. That's three years of live services. We were online in COVID years and everything, but we don't, we don't count COVID years, all right? Um, but uh, three years as a church. So let's take a little inventory, okay? How, how, who were here the first year of Axios? First year. First years. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Put your hands out. Those are the OGs, all right? Those are OGs. How about the, uh, you guys started coming in 2021, 2021, uh, when we started? Okay. Nina, Welcome. Welcome. 2022, when we started coming to this building, when we, where, nobody? Uh, Mr. Tim, Mr. Tim. 2023, 
There we go. There, the 23 years, all right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, so you see there's a lot of people that have been here for a, a while and also have just started. And you've heard our core values before. We put them on walls and everything, not just as slogans, but as something that we live by each and every day. We need to know who we are and what we stand on. God has given the mission as the DNA of our church and the valley. So our mission, if you're new here, um, we're going to put it on the screen. Our mission is this as God given to us. Did we have for the screen? Here we go. Is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. Leave it right there. When God gave us the name Axios, Axios means worthy of. It means worthy in Greek. And uh, when, when God told us to birth this church, you know, through his grace, we were seeing a lot of people that were dealing with um, not feeling worthless, feeling there's no hope. And we wanted to present a place where we express to you there is hope. Yeah, things around might seem a little crazy, but there is hope in Jesus Christ that God is still who he's called us to be, that God is still who he is, and that's what our mission is all about. So this is the DNA of who Axios Church is, is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in Christ. And the first point about that is pointing. You don't point to me. We don't point to personalities. We don't point to worship teams. We point it all back to Christ because he's the one that redeems. He's the one that saves. He just uses people like us, broken, to present his word to the world. And that's what Axios is all about. And here's the thing. If, it, if whatever comes our way as a church, if it doesn't align with this, we don't do it. We do not do it. I know other churches are doing other things different ways. I know other things, uh, other churches are doing crazier things. But I'm here to tell you, we will not do it because God uses us in the way that he calls us to be used. And as a church, if we're continuing to look at different things, oh, this is the new trend, this is the new thing, we're going to lose the identity of who God calls us to be, and we're going to become a church full of flesh and no spirit. And we want to be a church that is spirit-led, so we stick on mission. So people are like, oh, why hasn't this happened? Or why don't we do this? Because it doesn't fit, uh, it doesn't flow with the mission that God has called us to do. We need to stay on mission. As last week as well, it calls us, it called all of us to, to write our own mission statement on how we want to live our life. If we do not have standards and principles, whatever the world presents, we're going to follow and we're going to wonder why we are all, all over the place is because you are not sticking to your guns. You have to have standards and mission. Anything outside of the mission that God has given us is my will, and I do not want to live in my will. I want to live in the will of the Father. I understand at times it's hard to get behind things, but today I want us to have a mindset of buying in. Because we're entering into a season of our church that we go through every fall season called our legacy season. Our legacy season is every year we come together as a church and we take a, one, a, a once a year um, sacrificial offering for the future expansion of our church. I believe this, that God has a building for Axios Church. Amen. We don't know about it yet. Amen. We haven't seen it yet, but we're going to prepare for it. Yes. 
So every year we come together in a sacrificial um, offering to come together and say, hey, we're putting this aside for the future of Axios Church. And that's going to come at the end of the month. So I want you, our hearts to get prepared for that. But before that, we need to know who we are. Let's talk, we talk, it's all about legacy and what we leave for the future generations. And this is what vision does in our life. If, and this is what you need to put in your life too. Have some standards about yourself. Have some visions and do not move from them. This is what vision does. Vision brings clarity. If you have vision, it brings clarity to your life. It's, it, your, your life is all, get some vision, get some standards. What else does vision do? Vision creates momentum. It creates momentum in your life. You ever felt st stuck? Well, let's get back to vision. Let's get back to standards. What's another thing that vision does? Vision, it, um, it fuels excitement. You ever felt dull at times? Maybe you're living on so many other standards or what the wind blows, you got to get back to the main thing, which is the main thing, which is Jesus. And another thing what vision does, vision produces hope. It produces hope in our life. It gives us that endurance when things all around us seems a little chaotic. We have a hope that is unshakable. We have a God that, that cannot be shaken. And we serve that God today. So that's what vision does. So we're going to go through three core values today. So last week, um, I was on a screen, <laughs> and we gave you three core values, which number one is this. Jesus is our message. We're going to build a foundation on what Jesus is. Eric is not your message. Jesus is your message. For far too long in churches, we looked at a personality and a person on a pulpit, and when they fail you, you leave the church, and you leave God. That person fail you. God doesn't fail you. So when you build your message on just Jesus, it doesn't matter what man do, does. It, you, you're sticking to the, your guns, and you're going to live by the message of Jesus. And here at Axios Church, I'm not going to give you a TED Talk. If you want somebody to just make you encourage, we're going to encourage you, but I'm going to tell you the truth. Because guess what? The, the Bible and the gospel is offensive. It, it got a man crucified. It got a man in a, in a tomb and dead, but he rose again, right? But he, he didn't come around with a message that is like, oh, oh, everybody loves it. Yeah, you got to love, but guess what? There's a wrath to it too. We preach the message of Jesus Christ here at Axios Church. We might have a different methods of doing it. Other churches might have different things to do it. But here at Axios, we are, we, it's, it's, it's pinpoint. We do not go anywhere outside of the word of God. I, we don't look at a book. We don't look at, we, we use resources, but we know who the source is. And that is Jesus Christ. He is our message. Prayer is our foundation. Our church has been nothing but prayer. Prayer is our foundation. We can have Jesus, but we have to have communication with him. So every decision we make, anything we do, we do it in prayer because it's the foundation. And community is who we are. You hear this all the time of our church. If you've been here multiple times, I'm here to tell you that you need community in your life. You can't do life alone. If you're trying to do life alone because you've been hurt, I'm here to tell you you're going to get hurt more because you need people. You need people. Maybe surround yourself around people that are not just going to agree with you all the time. 
They're going to push you in discipleship. That's what we're all about because community is who we are. Why? Because that's what God's called us to do. He needed community. Jesus came to this world, and he could have done it alone. He was Jesus. Water, wine, you know all that stuff? You know, healing people? He didn't say, hey, Peter, can I, can I heal somebody today? No, but he said, hey, Peter, you can be a part of it. He needed 12 homeboys to be around. Why? Because time, he, he, him himself, he himself knew that times were going to get hard, and he needed people to uplift him, and he needed people to be there. You can't do it alone. Community is who we are. And here's the, uh, another one that we're going to learn about today is worth is what we give. Worth is what we give. Worth is an important thing, but it depends on where you get your worth from. Some of us have got our worth from a job. Some of us got worth from a family member, a friends. It's our worth from success, our worth from investments, material things. But most of those things will leave us empty and not feeling valued. That's why you can't throw money at this issue anymore. That's why you can't sleep to that, sleep around with that person anymore. Because eventually it's going to leave you empty. Because you're trying to find your worth in so many other things and not in God. Because when you try to find your worth in other things, it will leave you empty. But when you find your worth in God, other things might come around. But you are secure in the rock, which is Jesus. And I find my value and worth in him. Your worth is secure in the one who gives it, which is God. Worth is not earned. It is given. Worth is not earned. It is given. He has given us worth for what he did on the cross. What he did on the cross. And here's the good thing about it that he does. He gives us worth because what he did, and now he calls us to value others as well. That's why at Axios Church, you are going to see a smile. Somebody's going to hug you. If you, if you feel awkward or hugs, we'll give you a pass one week, but we're going to hug you the next week, okay? Why? Because we want people to feel valued in a world that is so empty and people are looking for their value in a like or a social media or anything, that will leave you empty. But when you find your worth in Christ, it doesn't matter what comes, I'm already secure in him. And now what I can do is, be, is, is show worth to other people. What does that mean? That means when you're in the public's line and somebody tries to cut you off, you don't cuss them out. Why? Because you're showing value to them. This is too much. <laughs> that, 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 means, that means whenever... Um, Whenever you're at a restaurant and there's 10% or 12%, you give the 12% because that person gave you extra uh, extra drink. You're not know talking about it, showing worth is intentional. It is not something that we are operating all the time. It's actually looking at the value of people. Think about this. Jesus gave his life for people. 
for people. And sometimes we look at people like, you're scum. Yeah, I know they hurt you, but Jesus still died for them. I know you probably wouldn't die for them. Trust me, I wouldn't either. But we serve a God that looks at us with worth and value. And as his imitators, as his people, we are called to do that as well. We don't only receive worth, we give worth to others. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 and 2 says like this, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and loved you and gave himself for you an offering a sacrifice of God a fragrant aroma I love how God said this as you know us giving worth and value to people as a scent he said a fragrant uh, aroma when you go into the workplace the people look at you and like not only because you don't wear deodorant but your attitude your, your, your persona, are you the person in your workplace that nobody wants to be around? Is that being imitators of Christ? We need, to, we need to draw people in. Why? Because you have the hope of Jesus in you. People should be looking at you as hope givers. But here he represents us as a scent. A freight. He said, Imitate me as I given you the ability to. And when you go into places, make sure you smell well. Because if you don't come in and people are like, oh, I don't want to be around that person or this person. If they don't know, if, you, if they know, if oh, this, is good, this is bad. Just be nice, okay? One of the fruits of the Spirit is kindness, okay? You can't be kind and then expect people, why aren't people coming to me? Because you're a jerk, all right? <laughs> it's valuing people. It's valuing people. Here at Axios, we value people. It doesn't matter what story you come with. doesn't matter what dysfunction you come with. doesn't matter what resources you come with. I don't care if you give enough. I don't care if you give any more. I, it doesn't matter. I give you your value because Jesus already valued you. I show you love because God is love. I love the story in, in John chapter 13. I can't read it all because I'm, I'm going too much because you give me one week of not preaching and I go too long. All right. Is this, I love when Jesus is about to, is about to tell, you know, disciples, you know, I'm about to be gone. You know, they're about to crucify me. And then out of nowhere, Jesus comes with a towel and a, and a basin full of water and he starts washing the feet of the disciples. It, it, it's crazy how, how Jesus, the, the, the Messiah, even humbled himself in front of the people that he called to follow, them to follow him. So who are we to not value people? Jesus said, I'm going to be a servant to you. A servant to you. And I love Peter. Peter, Peter's, uh, he's funny. He's like, God, God um, who are, you can't wash my feet. I need to wash your feet. 
And Jesus says, if you don't do this, let me say it like this. You, you, don't, you do not realize now what am I doing, but later you'll understand. And Peter said, you should not wash my feet. And Jesus said this, unless I wash you, you are no part of me. Jesus says, if, if I don't show you how to value people, how are you going to be like me? Jesus could have came on his throne and whatever and be like, hey, wash my feet, do this, do this. But he didn't call, he's called, he came to serve. Even people that were going to deny him days later. People that were going to betray him days later. He still chose to be a servant and wash their feet. What if you went to your workplace and that person that you have an argument with, Monday you go and ask for forgiveness? That's humbling yourself. Let me give you a newsflash. You are not always right. And as believers, most of the time, we got to swallow our pride. And what does the Bible say? Turn the other cheek. And I said this to our staff the other day. Turning the other cheek doesn't mean you continue to get abused. Turning the other cheek is saying, I'm choosing to look the other way because there's a God that showed me mercy and grace. It's turning from your offense into your promise. We have to do this thing a little different. Here at Axios, worth and value is what we give. Number, number two, simple is our approach. I love this one because it makes it easy to focus on the main thing, which is Jesus. Uh, and here's the thing. If we, have to add to the, if we have to add to the gospel, the gospel isn't enough. Let me say that again. If we have to add to the gospel, we're saying that the gospel is not enough. If we have to add these this crazy things and all this thing, listen, uh, we it's it's cool to do creative things and all this stuff, but but if we're not on message with Jesus, we're just adding to things. And I don't know about you, Jesus didn't have lights and all this stuff. Listen, we have him. We're gonna have more. That's great, but that's not the focus. That's what I'm trying to say. So we keep it simple sometimes, and the simple part. Is Jesus. Sometimes we complicate these things. What's the answer to everything? Jesus. Oh, but it, Jesus. It's not that hard. At the church, we have gone away from the simple gospel. You got to get saved. You got to repent. Turn from your ways. That's the thing. Sometimes we come and say, do a little prayer and everything, but you have to repent and turn. What does that mean? Try not to do it again. Don't do it again. Repentance. Will it creep up? Yes. That's why you need discipleship. That's why you need community. Because community is going to check you to be like, hey, you remember that thing that you left at the altar? Hey, let's leave it there again. You have to be okay to be accountable. We got to get back. Jesus gave us a method through his word. It was get saved, get discipled, and go. That's what he said. Come to me, 
get discipled. What did he do with the disciples? Hey, Peter, follow me. He came to Jesus. He repented of his sins. And what did Jesus, he walked with Jesus, seen what he did. He failed in the middle of all those things. And then what happened? Jesus left and he said, hey, now you're the church. You go. On that rock, on that foundation that I showed you, you go now. It's a simple thing. We've complicated it as a church. The story in Exodus where Moses was going, um, Moses was going to get the Ten Commandments. And the people are right in front of the mountain, and there's, there's craziness going all over the place. And Moses told them to stay on the bottom of the mountain and pray and wait. We'll pray, but we hate to wait. But he said, pray and wait, and I'll come down. I mean, lightning's going crazy on top of the mountain. I mean, Jesus is revealing himself. So they can literally see the provision of Christ, but they will not accept it because they couldn't go up the mountain. They had to wait. So what did they do? It says in the word of God in Exodus chapter uh, 32. Again, I can't read it because I'm running out of time. It says that they started making their own idol, their own statue of bronze and all these things. And guess, guess what they did? They said that this idol that we are building with our hands is the, pers- is the idol that got us, got us out of Egypt of slavery. They started making things up in their head. The same thing that you're building is now you're declaring that that thing got you out of Egypt and slavery. But wasn't it God? So then Moses comes down. So what they were doing, they were trying to present their own way of doing their way and adding to the thing that God was so simple at. God said what? Stay and wait. But they said, hey, that's not good enough for us. We're going to build. Do not build when God tells you to stay and wait. Because then you're doing it your way. So guess what? Moses comes down and sees these crazy people going crazy around this statue. And he's like, what have you done? What have you done? See, they tried to add to the story when it should never have been added to As a church, we will not add to what God has already perfected. Let me say that again. This might not be the church. If you want, we might be boring. That's fine. I'd rather be boring for Christ. We might not have all the flash. That's cool. If you want that, I, I got so many great churches that I want you to be a part of, and they're great Bible churches. But I'm here at Axios. We got a mission, and we're sticking to it, and we believe that God, as we are faithful, God will make the increase. Amen? God will make the We're not adding to what God has already told us and perfected in our life. The gospel is enough. The gospel is enough. Number three, generosity is our default. Generosity is our default. This is a big one for us. Because we're not only talking about money, we're talking about other things as well. Sometimes we attribute generosity with just money. And yet that's a big part of it. We do have to be faithful in our finances and, every, and everything else. But we have to know 
and fall always on the default of being a generous person. Generosity will get you farther than being stingy. When you have an iPhone and you want to get a new one, when you really don't need one, but you know those people, you can't just give your phone right away. What do you have to do to it? You can't break it. You're not getting a new iPhone, all right? You had to put the factory settings, right? You have to put it to the original, original place so that you can turn it in. See, sometimes being generous is not, our, is not our factory setting. We have to be intentional with it. It's not easy to be generous. I don't wake up today and be like, hey, I want to be generous. No, it's actively each and every day opening our eyes on opportunities to be generous. It's living intentionally. When you don't live life intentionally, we are missing God moments that God wants to use us to help and bless other people. But if you're so worried about yourself and you're not flowing in the spirit, you're never going to be operating in the promises that God has for us. I'm preaching now. Because if we're so worried about what we have, when he's the one that gives and takes away. So if you're so stingy that you can't give a person a dollar to help them out, but in your mind you're always about, well, what they're going to do with it, it's not your, it's not, that's not your purpose. Your purpose is just to be generous. See what I'm talking about? It's being intentional with your heart of generosity. We serve a giving God. Let me say that again. We serve a giving God. John chapter 3, 16, everybody knows this, even the sinner, okay? For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Generosity is an intentional attribute we need to have. It doesn't come natural. We have to do it and be intentional each and every day. It's hard to be generous in a very, very, it's all about me, society, and world. It's, it's so hard to do that because I'm going to take care of me before I care, take care of others. But the gospel's not like that, guys. God came to serve, not to be served. It's a hard concept for us in, 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 in the United States because we have it so easy. Go to China and try to be a Christian. Go, go to Africa and try to be a Christian. Go to India. We don't have to deal with that because, thank God, we live in a nation that we can actually still, still serve God openly. But there's going to come a time where the enemy is going to try to show his face. And we're gonna, is it going to be about us or about the kingdom? I know this is not what you came for, but this is what you're getting, okay? We have to build our muscle of generosity. It's a muscle that we have to build. The muscle. How about this? When you, when you, your kids, when you have kids, you got to teach them to share with one another, right? Because naturally, what they want to do, it's mine. It's mine. Right? 
So you, the kids coming up, they're, they're naturally not like, hey, let's, let's, all these toys are for everyone to share. No? It ain't like that. If you got a kid like that, God bless you. Because <laughs> my kids fight all the time about the stupidest things. You get them the most expensive toys, and they're fighting for the little toy that they get from Family Fun Center that is this small. Don't come at me. I'm like, son, it's an Xbox, three, $400. No, I'm fighting over a ninja. <laughs> what the heck? The thing was a penny. Why? Because you got to teach them to be generous. As adults, we have to be taught how to be generous. Generous with your time, generous with, generous with your attention, your service, your kindness, your respect, generous with your respect, and generous with our honor. It is thinking about their feelings sometimes more than my feelings, just as Jesus did. You know why? Because we're kingdom mindset, and in kingdom mindset, we are generous. Why generosity? Generosity kills complacency. Generosity kills selfishness. Generosity, it, 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 kill, it, it, it builds credibility with others. We have to be generous people. I love how 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, it's one of those drop the mic uh, moments uh, in the Bible says this. The point is this. That's what it says in the Bible. So when you say the point is this, he's basically saying, hey, dummy, look right here. This is what I'm talking about. He says this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Leave it right there. This is simple stuff. He even said, hey, pay attention here. This is the point. This is what it all comes down to. You want to reap bountifully? The way you do that? You give bountifully. You want to reap sparingly? That means if you want to be broke, live a life of mindset of brokenness. <laughs> oh, pastor, I don't have enough money. Who, who does? <laughs> it's not about the amount. It's about the surrender of the heart. And I can go each and every time. I can give you Bible verses after Bible verses where God says money's evil. But also, he also says money is a resource in the right hands with the right heart. Generosity doesn't dictate. Generosity um, dictates my finances, not finances dictate my generosity. Let me say that again. Generosity dictates my finances. Not finances dictate my generosity. When you're faithful, I can tell you story after story. Where I'm faithful with what what I what I what with my tithe, my offerings, you know, what when I'm faithful, I don't know how it happens, but God still provides. Why? Because it's not about the amount, it's about the heart. So I challenge you, live generously. Live generously. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Forever your, forever your treasure is, that where your heart is also. 
Whatever you treasure is what's going to come out. But if we're living a generous life, Cole, whoever, if we're living a generous life, there's no other option but blessing on the other side. Let me give you a cheat code. And some of, some of you, you know this. Living life not generous is very tough. In, your, in, our, in our mind, we can think like, oh, if I, I can't give, I don't give, and all this stuff. And I, it, it, some, some way your life is crazy, chaotic. Can, anybody been there before? I'll give you six of my hands, my toes, and everything, all right? But for some reason, when I'm intentional, when we're intentional with our generosity, and even in our giving, it's not like everything is perfect, but there's a different kind of peace that I have. There's a different kind of surrender that I have. There's a different kind of movement that God operates in because we are faithful and we are generous. So as we build this pyramid of what axios is, let us not only look at it as something for a church, let us look at it for something for your life. What are some standards that we have as a, as a community that you can operate in as well for your family, for your, for your household? Some of some, some young adults, I know you don't have a family yet. You know, you're looking at it. That's why you're at Southeastern. You'll be married by, by next spring. I understand, all right? Before you say, I do, set some standards for the family you don't even have now. Why don't you set some standards for your dating life? Set some standards for, for yourself. Just because it looks good, he smells good, she smells good, she has the right hair extensions, when those extensions come off, when those eyelash, those what are those things called? When they come off, when Ulta comes off, you're like, curse you. Have some standards about yourself. Young men, sometimes it's not all about the looks. Standards. That co- uh, the person that has a, a business or is working as a manager has some standards about your workplace. A couple years ago, actually about a year ago, our church was in a difficult position. We lost a lot of people at one point. Our numbers went down. I was very depressed. <laughs> I was whining to all our staff. And God smacked me in the face and said, you have no standards to your workplace. We were just operating on feelings. And then God said, what are your operating standards at Axios Church? Yes, it's, it's, it's in a, a business mindset. But I can't expect what I don't inspect. And I looked at our church, and I'm like, we don't have job descriptions. 
we don't have procedures. We don't have, we have core values and stuff, but we don't have anything else. And I'm crying, God, why is this person left? God, why is it? And he's like, because you didn't prepare. You can't expect them to go to the level you want to go to when there's no standards to follow. That's why every workplace, they have what? The workbook, right? And you're like, why do I have to do that? At least, they, at least you know what you got to deal with. Because nothing that is successful cannot operate without standards and procedures. And that's what these core values are for our church. And whenever we start, Ryan came and Hannah... And I'm not good with all the business stuff. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you for hours. I'm the people person. I'm not the, like the, the person in the office and all that stuff. I didn't do that stuff. Ryan is. Okay? Ryan came. We said, hey, this is what we need. We're doing, and we put the standards down. And guess what? Our church has increased. Look at our church. We're full. And I don't think that's by coincidence. That's saying, God, we're trusting you with the values but we're also putting the work in and putting the work to have these standards that we're going to follow. And when standards and follow, what does it say? One will reap, one will sow, but God gives the increase. That means we have to put some standards about this thing and trust God is going to increase in our life. So what can this be for you? Where, where do you need to add some standards and procedures in your life? So you can operate in what God wants you to operate in. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. God, I pray for each and every person that is in this room, Lord Jesus. I pray that today, that they will know that you are an intentional God. That you don't do things on accident. It's all for a purpose. God, I pray as we know and understand the mission and the values that you have given us as a church, let us take an inventory of our life to set some standards to our lives, to our families, to our workplaces, to our marriages. God, we can't expect increase if we don't inspect things in our lives. God, sometimes we just got to get back to the drawing board and align some things to your will. God, I pray as we go through our standards here at Axios, that us personally will come to a place where if it doesn't align with what God is doing in my life, I don't want it. If it doesn't align with his word, I'm not about it. And God, when we sacrifice those things and put it at your altar, God, that you will set up our path to the things that you have for us, God. Because I'd rather be in your will than mine. God, thank you for, thank you for Axios. Thank you for giving us this ability to be a church full of hope, full of joy, full of love, on standard, on purpose, for a purpose. 
God, we will not waver from what you, our, our ears are attentive, our eyes are attentive to what you want. Methods might change, but message never changes. Because we're flowing in you, God. We want to be operated in you. Because when we are faithful, we know that you will give the increase. And I pray that for each and every person here, that when they choose faithfulness, when they choose to live in, uh, and operate in standards, God, God, you make a way where there seems to be no way. And today we'll give you all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Come on. Wasn't that an amazing message? If you'd like to help partner with us to push this mission forward here in Lakeland, Florida, you can go to axioschurch.com. And in the giving tab, you can give a one-time donation or a recurring gift. We are so thankful for all of you that have decided to join us this morning. We meet every Sunday, and we can't wait to see you next time. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, turn on your post notifications, make sure you're tuned in to everything that Axios Church has to offer.